All right, let me pray, and then we're going to let me get into the Word this morning. Father God, thank you this morning for this great group of people. Father, I'm humbled and honored to be a part of their lives, to be a pastor in their lives. Father God, I pray that their ears would be open, their hearts would be open, and they would see this morning who they are, <clears throat> and they would see what belongs to them. Father God, as we look into the Scripture, that you would illuminate our hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Jesus and the disciples are outside of Jerusalem, and they're on their way through Bethany, and they're going to Jerusalem. And as they're on their way, Jesus is hungry, and he wants something to eat. So as they're traveling, he comes up on a fig tree, and he sees this fig tree from a distance, and it's all leafed out. It's green, and he thinks to himself, hey, I'm going to pull some figs off that tree, and I'm going to have a snack. So when he gets to the tree, there's no figs on it. And so here's what he does. He speaks to that tree, and he says this. He says, no one will eat fruit off of you from this time forward. Well, they continue on in their journey into Jerusalem. And when they get to Jerusalem, they go to Herod's temple. And when they get to Herod's temple and they go into the porch, there's all these people with tables and they're selling items for people to buy to worship God. They're selling like doves. It's the Old Testament, see? And when they would go, they had to buy something to give to God. And so if you didn't have anything, you could buy a dove or you could buy something else. Well, Jesus is enraged. And so he immediately goes in and begins to turn over their tables. The animals begin to fly. There's money flying across the floor. He fashions a whip, and he literally whips them and drives them out of the temple. And when he gets done, here's what he says. He says, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, let me explain to you why he said that. See, what these people had done was they had put themselves in between God and the worshipers. So when they came into the temple, they had to make their way through this gauntlet of commerce to buy something to be able to worship God, and that enraged Jesus. Let me give you a simple modern example, and, and this isn't bad. I'm just, I just want to help you understand. Now, if you've ever been to the Cracker Barrel, anybody ever been to Cracker Barrel? Okay, well, if you, Tim's like, thank you. Yeah, right there. Okay, if you've ever been to Cracker Barrel, you know how you have to go through the gauntlet of the store to get to the groceries, Right? I mean, before you can go in and get something to eat, you take your little wife in, and she looks around and shops. And I'm not saying the men don't look too, but you go into their store first before you go in to partake of the food. Okay, that's exactly what they were doing. They were between the people and God, and they had to make their way through that. So Jesus drove them out of the temple. Then they make their way back out of Jerusalem the next morning, and on their way out, they're going down the same road, and they come upon that fig tree. And that fig tree is noticed by one of the disciples. And he says, Lord, he said, you know that fig tree you talked to yesterday? He said, yeah. Well, it had died. And it was dead from the root up. It wasn't sort of wilted. It wasn't sort of stressed. It was dead. It was root dead. And they noticed it was dead. And they said, Jesus, that tree, we commonly say Jesus cursed it. And what he said was, he said, no figs will ever be eaten off you ever again. They said, hey, that tree you spoke to and told to die did just what you said. It died. And here's what he says. He says, have faith in God. 
A clearer translation says that he said, have the faith of God. Have faith in God or have the faith of God. And this is what he says. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. They passed that fig tree the day before. He curses it. They pass it the next day and it has died. And he tells those men, your words have power just like my words have power. Now, somewhere along the way, we've not noticed that, we've missed that, or we wouldn't talk the way we do. Somewhere along the way, we've either not believed it, or we thought it was for someone else, or we thought we were disqualified, because if we believed what Jesus said, we wouldn't talk the way that we do. Here's what he told them. He said, whosoever, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. He says to them, your words have power. Now, don't miss this. The very first thing he says to them is whosoever. Whosoever. The point is, it's for anybody who wants it. Whosoever. Whosoever. Tim, you're a whosoever. Keith, you're a whosoever. David, you're a whosoever. This belongs to anybody that wants it. Now, here's what we do. We disqualify ourselves. God does not disqualify us. Jesus does not disqualify us. They have qualified us by the blood. We disqualify ourselves. You remember the story where the Roman centurion came up to Jesus And he said, I have a servant at my house, and he's sick, and he's dying. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And he said, no, you don't have to do that. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I know you're a man under authority. He recognized it. And he said, when I tell somebody to do something, they do it because I have authority. And if you'll just speak my servant will live and you don't even have to step foot in my house. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I have not seen any greater faith anywhere in Israel. He didn't say that about a Jew. He didn't say that about a rabbi. He didn't say that about a priest. He said it about a Gentile soldier. Now, don't miss this. That soldier understood authority. He understood his word meant something. And he understood Jesus had authority. Now, you've got to understand something. The Jews would always disqualify themselves. 
They would figure out some kind of reason as to why the promise wouldn't work for them because they were disqualified. The Roman soldier did not disqualify himself. He knew he had authority. He knew Jesus has authority. Jesus is telling the disciples in Mark eleven twenty three, and he's telling you this morning that your words have authority. So the first thing I want you to do this morning is not disqualify yourself. Well, that's good, Pastor. I'm glad that's for you, but I haven't prayed enough. I haven't read my Bible enough. I don't know enough Greek. I don't know enough Hebrew. I don't know whatever. That doesn't belong to me. No, sorry. Whosoever. Anybody that wants it. Now, listen to me. That's exactly how the kingdom of God is. Any of y'all ever been to First Cafeteria? When I was a kid, we'd go to church and we'd go to First. And we'd get a tray and we'd get in line. Can you smell it? Man, I think about going to first right after this service. Amen. And you get in line and you stop right there at that lady and she says, would you like salad? And you know what I say? No. No. I do not want to fill up any of my belly space with salad. Amen. Then I go to the little section of jello. Y'all know about the jello? There's always room for jello. Amen. And there's that green jello with the cottage cheese in it that my grandma used to make. Lord bless her soul. Amen. So I get me some jello. Then you step down to the meat, and there's all that meat. And of course, I'm not looking at, you know, I'm looking at the beef and the chicken and the, oh man. So you get meat. Then you do the veggies. You know, the kids, when they were little, what would y'all do? Mashed potatoes and gravy, macaroni and cheese. And Vicki always said they got all carbs, right? You know, you, they get everything that's bad for them all at one time. Then you get down to the pie. Now, when I was a kid, you had to pay for each entree. But today, you only pay once. So if you take Keith Brim to Furs, they're going to suffer because he can get all he wants. So I get apple pie. Then you might even get a piece of cherry pie. Then you might get a piece of millionaire pie. That was my dad's favorite, millionaire pie. All right, here's the point. The kingdom of God is exactly like that. What do you mean, Pastor? You can have all you want. There's nothing holding you back but you. You see, you're thinking of all the reasons why this isn't for you this morning. You're thinking of all the reasons why this doesn't line up with your doctrine. You're thinking about all the reasons this morning how this is rubbing you the wrong way. Because the devil doesn't want you to get a hold of it. He doesn't want you to say yes. I want you to say yes. Hey, I believe I'll have a tray, and I believe I'll have two meats today. You can have whatever you want. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. What kind of mountains do you have in your life this morning? Is it a medical mountain? Is it a physical mountain? Maybe it's a mountain of debt. Maybe some of you, you got so much debt, it's a mountain. Maybe you're concerned about your kids starting school. Maybe you're concerned about you starting school. Everybody in this room has mountains. I've got mountains in my life. Here's the thing about mountains. Most of the time, mountains are big. And you can't fix it. You can't change it. 
I said right after praise and worship that a step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. You've got to stop trying to fix your mountains, and you've got to do what? Give your mountains over to God. Now, don't miss this. Do you know what's interesting in that verse? It does not say to pray. It does not say to pray. It doesn't say talk to God. You see, we add that in because we're religious. Oh, I'm going to talk to God about my mountain. It doesn't say that. Oh, I'm going to pray. It doesn't say that. Now, later on, it does talk about prayer, and I'm going to talk about that next week. He simply says, whoever wants this, if they'll say to their mountain, you see, you know what you're supposed to be doing? Instead of talking to God about your mountain, you're supposed to be talking to your mountain. Instead of you going and complaining to God and whining to God, God, why don't you do something? You know what God wants you to do? He wants you to use the God-given authority that Jesus bought for you at the cross, and he wants you to say to your mountain, get out of here. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. You know what you need to do? Stop telling God how big your mountains are and start telling your mountains how big your God is. You see, you need to start talking to your mountain. If you have a mountain of debt, you start talking to it. I'm not making this up. Pastor, that's crazy. Well, Jesus is crazy then because he said it. I didn't say it. He said it. Whosoever shall say unto their mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. He didn't say pray. He didn't say talk to God. He said, you talk to your mountain, and you tell it to go. You tell it to go. Now he's telling the disciples that. And they're all standing there looking at a dead tree. That yesterday was an alive tree. And Jesus said to that tree, no one's going to eat off you ever again. What if you begin to speak to the mountains in your life and you begin to recognize that you've been given authority in the name of Jesus Christ and you decide to not disqualify yourself for a hundred different reasons and you begin to speak life over your family, over your children, over your marriage, over your job, over your neighborhood, over everything in your life? Well, Jesus said if you believe in your heart, It'll come to pass. Do you know how I got saved? I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth. That's what Romans 10 says, <clears throat> doesn't it? It says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say it with your mouth, you'll be saved. I'm 12 years old. I'm sitting on my mom's green paisley couch. And I'm not eating or drinking anything because that's a direct trip to heaven. Okay, that is a direct trip to heaven. Okay, you do not pass go and you do not collect $200. Okay, you, if you sit on mama's couch that she's worked on, well, my, my dad, my mom worked, my dad worked for money. Okay, let me, that, was, that was good, wasn't it? That was good. Yeah, she worked, but not for money. 
So I'm sitting on her couch. It wasn't my couch. It wasn't my house or my bedroom or my bed. But that's another story. Okay. I'm sitting on my mom's couch. It's paisley. It's nice and clean because she won't let Rusty eat on it. That's a smart, you know, I shouldn't even eat on my furniture today. Amen. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. All right. The Baptist pastor came to our house and he shared the gospel. He shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And I heard the gospel and I said yes to Jesus Christ as a 12-year-old kid in my parents' home. And I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. And at that moment, I was born again. And I was transferred from darkness to light. And at that moment, the blood washed me of my sins. And at that moment, I became a child of God. And at that moment, I was qualified in the kingdom. And at that moment, everything within the kingdom became mine. I just didn't know what it was. And I had to begin to read this book called the Bible. I had to begin to go to the local church. I tweeted this week, Jesus saved my soul, but his local church saved my life. So I came to church and began to hear the Word of God preached, and I began to find out that the world didn't have any answers, and all the stuff they're selling is uh, not worth much. And my life began to be changed, and I began to find out that I'm qualified, not because of anything I've done, not because I'm a preacher, not because of what I've said, but because of the blood of Jesus. And every single one of you that know Jesus as your Savior are qualified. Hey, Zeus, you're qualified, brother. Isella, you're qualified because of what Jesus did, not because of what they've done. Then I found out that I have authority. Did I earn it? No. Did I deserve it? No. Jesus bought it and gave it to me. And he told the disciples, hey, guys, what you say matters. We've said this before. Kurt has said it, and I have said it. Ladies, inside of every man, inside of every husband is a king and a fool, and the one you talk to is the one that comes out. See, most ladies want to talk to their husbands like they're fools. Then they're mad at them because they won't act like kings. Well, as soon as he acts like a king, I'll talk to him like a king. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, speak to it first and watch it change. Well, I don't know if I believe that, Pastor. Well, it's working in your life every single day. He said, whoever will say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in their heart. Kurt said a few weeks ago, we're either a believer or we're a critic. Now, I've been a critic. I have. Man, I can be a good critic sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I can be a critic. But it doesn't get you anywhere. I don't want to be a critic. I want to be a believer. I know you do too or you wouldn't be here. Listen, it's not hard to believe with your heart. You've already done it. See, the verse says, whoever doesn't doubt but believes in their heart that those things that they say will come to pass, they'll have whatsoever they say. And I know what you think. Oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could believe in my heart. You can. You've already done it. You've already done it. Haven't you? Yeah, you've already done it. So you can keep doing it. Whosoever shall say. They're standing there looking at that dead tree. Whosoever shall say unto the mountains in their life, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which they say will come to pass. They'll have whatsoever they say. 
Jesus said this is for anybody who wants it. What if you begin to speak life over your family? Father, I thank you we're blessed. Father, I thank you that you meet our needs and we have enough. Father, I command the mountain of doubt to be removed out of my life. I command the mountain of debt to be removed out of our family. I command the mountain of depression and discouragement to be moved out of our life. Father, I thank you that we're blessed and we're fortunate and we're happy because we know you and because you've qualified me. And you said in Mark eleven twenty three that if I would say it and believe it, I could have it. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did. The devil will want to talk you out of it. Your religious friends will want to talk you out of it. The people who've been taught contrary will want to talk you out of it. But Jesus wants you to know that you can command your mountains to be removed. The very next verse, he talks about prayer. And I'm going to talk about that later. But as of right now this morning, he didn't say you had to pray. He didn't say you had to talk to God. He said, talk to your mountain. Talk to your problem. And command it to get out of your life. Command it to be cast into the sea. You see, when Jesus returns for us, the first time he comes is commonly called the rapture. That word's not in the Bible, but that word means to be caught away, to be snatched. Okay? Anybody in here ever been snatched, ball-headed? I have been. My mother, right? I'm going to snatch you ball-headed, which meant quick and instant death, right? I mean, I had a pretty rough childhood, you know? No, I'm playing. I did not. My poor mother, I'm glad she's in heaven and Jesus is ministering to her. And you know what she's telling him? Don't let Rusty come yet. Just don't let him. When Jesus comes for the church, he's not going to land on the earth. He's going to stop in the atmosphere. And you and I are going to be changed. The Bible says we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, in an instant from mortal to immortal. The Bible says when we see Jesus, we'll be like him. And we'll have supernatural immortal bodies. And we'll be glorious and amazing. And we'll go to heaven and we'll be with Jesus for seven years. And while we're there, there's going to be a tribulation period on the earth. And at the end of that time, the devil's going to get his butt whipped once and for all. And Jesus is going to come back to set up his millennial reign on the earth. And he's going to land on the earth. He's going to stand on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says that that mountain is going to split in half. And half of it is going to go into the ocean. And it's going to be split in two. So Jesus knows what he's talking about when he's talking about Mark eleven twenty three That you can tell a mountain to go into the sea and it will. Listen. This promise belongs to you and your family. I'm not asking you to do anything weird. I'm not asking you to, you know, do anything that would make you ashamed. I'm just asking you to recognize you've been blood-bought, you've been redeemed, you've been given authority, and begin to take your authority and begin to command the enemy to get off your life and get off your family and get off your kids and quit taking it. Quit taking it and command the mountains in your life to do just what Jesus said they would do, that they would be gone. Whosoever 
shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith will come to pass. I'm a believer. You're a believer. I'm a believer. You're a believer. They shall come to pass. Then in the next verse, I'm going to talk about next week. He talks about prayer. Can I encourage you this week? Start talking to your mountains. Start telling them to hit the trail. Start telling your mountain how big your God is. How much your Father loves you. How much He's at work in your life. And begin to see God do miracles and make changes in your family. Whatever mountain you're facing, begin to tell it this week. Your time's up. You got to go. You're being evicted. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. Get out of my heart. Get off my kids. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Bow your head and let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this great church and this great group of people. Father God, I pray that we are strengthened and we are encouraged and we're refreshed. Father God, I'm thankful that your promises are true. Lord, would you give us the courage this week to begin to speak to our mountains. Lord, as we're in line at Sonic, as we're in line at the bank, as we're at home, we'd begin to speak to our mountain. And we'd tell our mountains to be gone. The mountain of debt, the mountain of fear, the mountain of apprehension, the mountain of depression. We'd begin to speak to our mountains. The mountain of sickness and disease. That Lord, this week we'd begin to speak. And as we speak, we'd believe. And we'll begin to see our mountains cast into the sea. Father, thank you for freedom on every single person here this morning. That as we move into our week, as students are moving to college, as students are starting high school, as teachers and principals are starting their new jobs, their coaches this year, God, your grace is on us. And our mountains are removed. Father, I love you. And I'm thankful for what you're doing in our lives, in our community, in our communities. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Would you all stand, please? Praise God. I love you. I'm so glad you were here. Y'all be blessed and have a great rest of your day. Y'all are dismissed.